second episode of the new year, episode two of 2023. And there is so much to unpack in this episode. Daniel, talk to me. How are you feeling before we start things off? Yo, this is a crazy week in you sports for like an OUA, OUA. Let's say OUA. It was a crazy week weekend for your like OUA basketball. Toronto was the place to be for basketball this weekend. And I, were the Raptors even playing at home this weekend? Yes, the, the Raptors, they played at home. They played two games at home. They dropped one to the Celtics. I was actually at that game. It was a heartbreaking loss. Pascal Siakam, not the best closer, but we won one against the Knicks. So that's a little thumbs up for you. But yes, Toronto was the place to be. This past weekend for U Sports, men's and women's basketball. And there's going to be some good Toronto news to talk about in this episode. <laughs> What's up, everybody? My name is Deshaun Stevens. It's your boy, Daniel Noel. And welcome to the Ballin' Up podcast, the show where we talk about university ball up here in Canada. Daniel, damn. Damn, Daniel. <laughs> damn, Daniel. We got a lot to get into. I don't even want to share any thoughts. Let's just get straight into it. This is going to be a very Toronto-themed episode because like you and I just said, Toronto was a place to be. I feel like the, the center of the youth sports basketball universe this weekend was in this city. So let's get straight into it. We're going to go with the women's side first. We're going to talk about the defending national champion, TMU Bold, took on the then number one team in the nation, the Ottawa GGs. And guess what? TMU won this one. 67 to 56 for TMU. Haley Fedick had 17 points and Rachel Foreman had 17 points while the bold were able to limit the GGs to their second lowest scoring performance of the season. They only scored 56 points. The only time that they scored any lower than that this point, this past season was on November 5th when they scored only 49 against York. Daniel, talk to me about your thoughts on this game. Like you said it, bro, the defending national champions against the then number one Ottawa GGs. And like you said, Ottawa was held to, was it 56 points? That's unheard of. And I, like I said, I was watching this game and I'm like, this game says more a lot about TMU than it did against than for Ottawa. Because like I mentioned to you and I, we agreed, no team is going to go undefeated. Like I knew Ottawa, they're a great team. I think they have a chance to win the OUA, but I didn't think they're, I did not think they're going to go undefeated. And their loss came now. But TMU, this is a not a statement win because they did beat undefeated Guelph and under being undefeated Ottawa, but there's a lot of takeaways. Ottawa was nowhere to be found in that fourth quarter. It was 48-46 going into the fourth. But Ottawa's last lead was 39-38 halfway going through the third quarter. So Ottawa kind of just, they got, I don't know, they didn't get beat badly, but I guess team you just really just outplayed them in defense. That's what it really came down to. I, I think this game says a lot about TMU. And my biggest takeaway is that TMU is still alive. They're still alive. And, you know, I, be, I think the biggest thing that we've been talking about all season is that they've lost a lot of pieces from their championship team. But what came out in this game was championship pedigree. You're 500 midway through the season. It's January fighting to make the playoffs. People think you're down and out. And the number one team in the nation has come to your house. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to roll over and take that beating or are you going to fight back and stun the country? They fought back. They stunned the country. Defense wins championships. They limited this Ottawa team that normally puts up around 70 to 80 points per game to only 56 points. Unheard of. For TMU, again, they're showing us that they're still a team that will go out there, compete, and have championship flashes every now and then. 
And they're also showing us that, listen, if they don't get it done this year, they're going to go out fighting. But they're showing us if they don't get it done this year, they're rebuilding to come back and try to get it done again, whether it be next year or the year after. They're still here. TMU lost the next day to Carlton. That game against Carlton was tied at halftime. It was tied at halftime. And if Carlton doesn't have a huge third quarter where they outscored TMU 26-17, we might be talking about TMU having two wins over you know, this past weekend over both Carlton and Ottawa. So I'm looking at TMU and I'm saying, hey, this is a team that's still here. They're still knocking on that door. Don't take them lightly. Uh, as for Ottawa, you said it perfectly. It's hard to go undefeated. And I think that's something we've also been saying a lot this, this past season. It's hard to go undefeated. And Ottawa's fallen victim to that. And now the only remaining team left in the country on the women's side are the Queens Gales. So all eyes are on them. Let's see if they can finish out the season undefeated. But let's move over to the next game that happened this past Friday in Toronto that shocked the country. And that was Carlton versus UFT. UFT won this one. 56 to 54. Callum Baker had 14 points, four assists, uh, while Leonard Weber had 15 points and 11 rebounds, both for UFT. For Carlton, Connor Freakin had 15 points, while the Varsity Blues were able to limit Grant Shepard, the CEBL product, to only five points. Daniel, talk to me about your thoughts on this game. I said it before, man. I said, you know what? I think Carlton, they're not that same team this year. And it was after the Brock game where I really started to see them kind of just go down. Their play declined, and they lost to Ontario. They beat Ontario Tech by one. They beat Guelph by like four or five points. And I'm like, these guys are struggling. And the week before that, they were like neck and neck with an un, like a, a winless U Waterloo team. So it was really just bringing me questions like, are these guys just not playing well? It's just what's wrong? What's going on, Carlton? And as you and I said before, like, they don't have that it factor guy. We thought it was Grant Shepard. He hasn't been proven it so far this season. They shot a mere, I want to say, 30, like 33% from the field goal range in that game. Like, that's terrible. That's so unheard of in Carlton. They don't have that guy that can get it done. UFT, they outplayed them, outharded them. And I just don't think Carlton is going to be able to come back from these two losses um, in Toronto this weekend. And they lost to Team as well, as we mentioned before. Yeah, we're going to get into that TMU loss coming up, but you really kind of echoed what I wanted to say for this game. Carlton has been playing with fire all January. You look at the games they played. You talked about this just now. They won by only five points against a Guelph Griffins team that's currently five and eight. They won by only one point against an Ontario Tech team that's currently two and 11. And they struggled to beat a Waterloo team that currently has no wins. Okay. When you play with fire, you get burned. That's the reality. You cannot come to Toronto and play sloppy basketball against a 10-win Varsity Blues team and expect to walk out a winner. That is the reality. Because this UFT team is serious. This is probably one of the better UFT teams that we've seen probably in almost 10 years. Yeah, easily. 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 By far. Easily. And they're looking to make noise. They're looking to get into the playoffs, get into the dance and make some noise and shock the country. You can't be playing sloppy basketball against some of these low-tier OUA teams, you know, squeeze by with wins, and then expect to come to Toronto and face at home at a packed gym, packed Goldrick Center, face a 10-win UFT team and expect to, you know, just easily walk by. No, I'm not surprised by that. It was Carlton's game to lose, in my opinion. UFT shot under 25% from the field. So the chances were there for Carlton. You and I were watching a game. We were live texting each other. We are like, 
Colton missed this. They're, they're missing shots. People are missing like easy layups right at the rim. And we're just like, yo, Carlton is just look, they don't look like they wanted to win. They didn't look like they wanted to win that game. U of T, they're diving all over the place. They're hustling. They're, they didn't have the best shot selection. They didn't have the best game, but they out hustled and outplayed Carlton. And you never heard the word out hustle and Carlton men's in the same sentence. In the fourth quarter, I'm watching this game. I'm saying this Carlton team looks beaten. And when they lost the lead, I said, I don't know how they're going to get the lead back. There was, no, there was no part of me that said, I expect them to get the lead back. Even when they had five seconds left to inbound the ball, to go for the win or to tie the game, there was a part of me that said, I don't know if they have what it takes to finish the job. At the end of the day, it came down to Connor Vreekin from three to win the game and he couldn't hit it. I think this is a big win for the UFT program. This is a program that's taken a lot of positive steps in the right direction this year, right? And I think they're deserving of this win because if you look at the year that they've had, it's been a solid year. They've put the OUA on notice and they've been one of the best teams in the country, one of the better teams in the country. And I think when you're a building team that's building towards, you know, getting back to the playoffs and competing for a conference championship, you got to have a win against one of those national powerhouses. You got to have that statement win that people can look at and say like, wow, this is the moment where that team arrived, where we all have to take that team seriously. And this weekend, that was that moment for UFT. So Big ups to U of T because I think that was a big thing for that program. And it's great to see a, a program like that that's kind of had some down years taking positive steps in the right direction. All right, here we go. Let's move over to the second Carlton game this past weekend. And it was Carlton versus TMU. All right, so uh, Carlton traveled over to, to Young Street, to the uh, Maple Leaf Gardens to take on the TMU Bold. TMU won 86 to 80. The Ravens blew an 18-point lead. For TMU, Aaron Rooms had 22 points, while Lamar Everett had 17 points. For Carlton, Grant Shepard had a bounce-back game. He dropped 21 points, while Wazir Latif had 19 points. Daniel, what are your thoughts on this game? This game was more surprising to me than the U of T game. I, Like I said, I wrote Carlton off a long time ago, so I thought U of T was going to come out on top. But TMU now... That's a team that you and I have been watching from preseason. And we just, we never really knew how we felt about the team. Like sometimes they go out there, they win some exhibition tournaments. They'll do, they'll do good. And sometimes they'll play just, just bad. Sometimes I'll be honest, but they came out, they showed out, they played that home court advantage at TMU is a real home court advantage. I'll tell you that for sure. And they knew Carlton was coming to town. They showed out. And like we said, Grand Shepherd, he played a good game, but it's just something about Carlton this year that, just, it's just not scary. They're not scary, and teams are going at them. doesn't matter who, who you are. Like you said, um, I forget his name, Lamar Everett. He went out with 17 points against Carlton. Like these are players who are just stepping up and playing against Carlton because they're not afraid of Carlton anymore. Carlton is not a scary team anymore. They're not a threat to win the OUA title, in my opinion, anymore either. When you say TMU has a real home court advantage, that's legit. For those of you who've never been to a TMU game, you go to a TMU game, it's like a pro-am game. You, you got people dressed up on their Sunday's best, dressing in their Sunday's best. Sometimes you might see a little celebrity here and there, famous faces here and there, coaches here and there, D1 players here and there. Like TMU basketball atmosphere, both men's and women's, it's special. So if you've never been to a TMU basketball game, you got to go. But I want to bring this to your attention, Daniel, because this is the biggest thing I noticed from this game. I looked at how both of these teams shot throughout the game first quarter Carlton shot 63.2 percent from the field while TMU shot 38.5 percent from the field second quarter Carlton shot 57.1 percent from the field while TMU shot 
45.5% from the field. Carlton entered halftime with the lead. Third quarter, Carlton shot 38.9% from the field. TMU shot 52.9% from the field. So this is when the comeback started to happen. And then here we go, fourth quarter, Carlton shot 28.6% from the field, while TMU shot 58.8% from the field. And that was when the comeback was complete. I'm going to say it again. I said this for the UFT game. I'm going to say it again. You cannot come to Toronto and play sloppy basketball against a team that is over 500 and expect to walk out a winner. You can't do that. This is inconsistent basketball. It's inconsistent. We know Carlton has what it takes to play championship-level basketball. You know what? We don't know that. We just assume that because it's the Carlton Ravens for crying out loud. So they get the benefit of the doubt. But the assumption is, if you play for the Carlton Ravens, you know how to play championship-level basketball. So we know they're capable of doing that. But there's an inconsistency here. You look in the first half, they shot better than TMU. They were on the defensive end. They entered with the lead. They were up by as many as 18. Second half, they were non-existent. They weren't hitting their shots. All right? And when you're going up against someone like Aaron Rooms, who we know is a problem, or someone like David Walker, who came back home from a D1 program, coming off the bench and giving people problems, you can't shoot inconsistently against those people. No. Not on the road either. Not on the road. Come on now. So I'm looking at the Carlton Ravens, and I'm saying this was a tough weekend for them. It was a tough weekend for them, and I think we learned a lot about the Carlton Ravens this past weekend. I think what you and I have kind of been alluding to all season is that they've kind of just been scraping by and, you know, picking up wins and finishing the job but no one's been actually paying attention to how they're finishing the job. No one's been paying attention to how close these games have been. No one's been paying attention to the opponents they've been facing, right? People just see W and think, oh, Carlton, W, same as always. No, 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 no. This is not the same as always. They've had a really tough January. So I'm curious to see how Carlton can rebound from this because this is the first time we've seen them lose back-to-back in a long time. And listen, looking ahead, I'm looking ahead at their remaining games. Of their seven remaining games, They have Queens. They got Ottawa twice. And then they got Lakehead. That's three top 10 ranked teams. And then they also have Ontario Tech, who might be 2-11. But mind you, this was a team that they only beat by one point. So this is a team that believes in their heart. Yeah, this is a team that believes in their heart. They can beat Carlton. So I want to ask you, based on what you just heard about, like their, their remaining schedule, should there be concern for Carlton as they close out the season? I think like the concern question is out the window now. I'm being honest with you. From when we and you and I talked that one time, that concern. I think now it's like the downfall of of that powerhouse. You know what I mean? That dominance is just not there. And like we said, when I was watching the game against Ontario Tech and the game against Guelph, I'm like, these guys are are struggling. Not to say Guelph is playing hard. It's like Carlton was struggling. It said more about Carlton than it did against Guelph. And of course. When you're playing against Carlton, you're going to play harder. But Carlton is like was like playing down at the competition levels. But then when they play against top teams, they're also not playing up. So they're really a mid-team this year that just scrapes by wins against lower echelon programs. You know what I mean? But right now, they sit at 11-4 and third in the OUA East, which is nice. But then, like you said, they play Ottawa twice, which just um, newly announced number one team in the country. They still got to play Queens, which is arguably another number one team in the country. And then Lakehead, who's had, who's beat Ottawa and Brock. So 
things are not looking bright for the Ravens right now. And if they have to turn it around, they don't turn around by this Friday and beat Queens. I think that their OUA um, championship um, chances are out the window. I think it's a clear cut consensus. Now, this is not the best team in the OUA. But then again, last year, they weren't the best team in the OUA. And then they somehow go on to win it all. So I don't know if this is a case of this team is actually not championship material this year or if they're just pump faking us all <laughs> and trying to set up something for the national championship tournament. I don't know. We're going to see, but I think looking at these last seven remaining games for them, it's going to be very interesting. I even want to see how they face off against some of the lower tier teams that they're going to face. I want to see how they face off against Nipissing. I want to see if they can beat down Nipissing. That's going to be a close game, right? Because at, at this point in time, I think the consensus is almost anyone can somehow bang where Carlton if you got scores and you can play good defense. I want to see how that how that winds out. Let's switch things over now to the top 10 to close out this week's episode. Let's start on the men's side since we're talking about Carlton and all the controversy on the men's side. Here we go. The Ottawa GGs are the new number one team in the nation. They're in at number one with a record of 13 and two. The Victoria Vikes are number two on the list with a record of 12 and two. The Carlton Ravens only dropped one spot despite losing two games. They're 11 and four. The Queens Gales stay at number four with a record of 13 and one. Brock Badgers, your Brock Badgers in at number five, 11 and three. The Alberta Golden Bears. <laughs> the Alberta Nine Golden five. Bears. <laughs> Nine and five in at number six. Same effects. They lost this past weekend to UPEI. Eh? That was a big loss mm. for them. They're yep. 12 and three in at number seven. Um, here we go. Manitoba, 13 and one, number eight. UBC, nine and five at number nine. And Lakehead holds down the 10th spot at 11 and three. Talk to me about your thoughts on this week's top 10 for men's Daniel. Man, you know how I've been feeling about Ottawa from August from when they lost to Oregon by two points. I said, yo, this team is, this team is good. You know what? Like we said, they're not going to go undefeated, but they play well and they have a lot of chemistry. And Guillaume Pepin is a very unselfish star that you can build your team around and he'll give you 20 points quietly but he's not the sole focus of the team. It's a very quiet 25. And as I as I sent to you earlier, he hit his 1,000-point uh, the other day. So congratulations to him as well. Um, and number two, UVic. I can understand why you put Ottawa ahead of UVic because U of T just beat Carlton. But then Ottawa also beat the breaks off of U of T on the weekend as well, too. Um, Carlton, I, they can't be in the top five right now. I, I don't think they deserve that just based on who they beat how they beat them and who they lost against. You know what I mean? The Queens and Brock both beat Carlton, but they're under Carlton. And they have less losses. Alberta, you can move them down. UBC, you can move them out. But where is U of T is my question. It's like, I feel like you can, you have to give them a little rankings. You gave them rankings two weeks ago and took them out the ranking as soon as they lost once. It's kind of just like, oh, here's your one week of rankings. That's it. I don't really like how they did it, that to U of T, but... Manitoba is sticking in there at 13 and 1 too. So got to look up for them in the Canada West, maybe to upset UVic and take down Alberta as well. So it's very interesting in the men's top 10 this week. That's my thoughts. I don't know why Carlton is at number three. I think it's absolute blasphemy that you can have the Carlton Ravens lose to two unranked teams in one weekend and still be listed as a top three team in the nation. 
the fact of the matter is this. Their record does not say top three team in the nation. And the film does not say top three team in the nation. The stats don't even say top three team in the nation. So for me to see Carlton in at number three on this list, again, no disrespect to the Carlton Ravens, no disrespect to their players or coaches. It's absolute blasphemy. Carlton has Queens on Friday. So it's going to be number three Carlton versus number four Queens. If Carlton loses that game, which there is a very realistic chance they can. If they lose that game, I expect them to be removed from the top five next week. I expect them to be in the lower half from seven through ten. Don't even put them at number six. That is my expectation if they lose this Friday to the Queens Gales, which, again, is a very realistic possibility. I think it's just a big Carlton bias, you know what I mean? Because we're expected, though, we're expected Carlton to win. And like you said, are they just pump faking us? I feel like you sports is like, you know what? Carlton is going to come back. We're going to come back. But the clock is running. We're reaching the last stretch of a few games down the season now. And if you watch U Sports, you got to know that Carlton is just not a top five team in the country anymore. As sad as it is for, I guess, people at U Sports to not put them there. But you have to be realistic with the rankings. And the, the Carlton bias is kind of getting out of hand now. U Sports, we get it. The Carlton Ravens have made y'all a lot of money over the last 20 years. They've, they've made U Sports a lot of money. You can't keep up with this. You can't keep up with this. You can't keep up with taking away from other teams. You got to be real. Okay, so I understand they've made y'all a lot of money, but it's 2023 now. There's some new teams that are going to make you some more money. All right, and one of those teams is U of T, which I agree with you, should be on this list. I'm, I'm actually shocked that they're not on this list. Uh, like I said, they have a winning record. They have 11 wins, and they've beaten the national powerhouse. Right, They've beaten the defending national champions who have been a – Record-wise, good team. You know, this they've held on the number one spot. They've held on the number one spot. Fraud, fraud team, fraud team. <laughs> oh gosh. No, that, we, we, we don't want to use we don't want to use the F word on this show, man. We don't want to use the F word. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> we don't we don't want to use the F word, bro. We don't want to use the F word. But I think UFT belongs on this list. I truly believe they do. They don't have an easy schedule. Okay. It hasn't been an easy go around for them. They've faced a lot of ranked opponents this year, you know. So for them to be sitting right now. And one thing about UFT, like you mentioned, their schedule isn't easy. They also play in the OUA Central, which is actually a bloodbath right now. It's the most competitive conference, I think, in youth sports possibly. Like, I think it's, it's easy to say that because you have Brock in there. You have Lakehead in there. You have, as we mentioned, UFT, McMaster. Those are all teams that are above 500. So it's not an easy schedule. And, and UFT has to play those teams twice. And he has to play TMU Crosstown Rival twice as well, too. So it's not an easy conference. Yeah, outside of York, all those teams are, have nine wins or more. You you stole my word, my favorite word, bloodbath. That that division is literally a bloodbath. So you got to give credits to UFT. I, I want to ask you a question that's kind of come up. Manitoba is sitting at number eight, and they have a record of 13-1. and one. People are saying Manitoba is being disrespected by being listed as number eight team in the nation. What are your thoughts on that? I think Manitoba is really in a tough position because – 
they are a good team. I've seen them play in person. They are a good team. But their schedule, they don't they haven't played anyone ranked outside of Alberta. And I think that is where U Sports doesn't want to give them that top five ranking because they haven't played. And you can kind of see that same thing with St. FX too, because St. FX is 12 and 3, and they were 12 and 2 for a while. They only had two losses, but they didn't want to give them that ranking because the only ranked win came against Dalhousie. But I think there's just a scheduling is a, um, a big part that's playing in their ranking. But I think they're a good team. Like I said, they beat Brock in the preseason. I saw them play in person. I think they're most definitely better than Alberta. They beat Alberta, should be ahead of Alberta. And they're outside the top five team. I don't say they're a top five team yet, but they're just outside of a top five team as of right now. I think with Manitoba, you said it. It's, it's literally schedule. Their strength is schedule. Like, their schedule, I don't want to say their schedule is easy because that's very disrespectful to say, but you can't look at the schedule and say like, oh, they're going through an OUA central type of schedule, right? I'm looking at the wins that they have. I'm looking at the teams that they face. Okay, they had Alberta to start the season, but they got UFV. They got Regina, Saskatchewan. Over the winter break, they played exhibition matchups against Ottawa. They lost. They played exhibition matchups against Alberta. They lost. Coming back off the break, UMBC, Brandon, who was making some noise and then suddenly fell off but we're never ranked. We're never seen as a team that was ranked. It was more just a feel-good story when it comes to Brandon. Mount Royal, looking to close out the season. They got McEwen, they got the Westman, and they got Thompson Rivers. Oh my gosh, you want to talk about Thompson Rivers and what's been happening to their women's team? That's been a little bit tough. But I'm looking at Manitoba and I'm saying, hey, unfortunately, their schedule is not easy, but it's not hard. I think when it comes to where they are, number eight, you got to see them go up against some more legitimate opponents, all right? And I think the reason why their schedule is the way it is is just because of geographical purposes. Go to their control, and they're doing what they're yeah. doing on their end, and they're winning their games on their end. So shout out to them. As exactly. We're not knocking anything about Manitoba. They don't make their schedules. They just play against who they play against, and they're winning who exactly. they play against. Exactly. You know what? But when playoff time comes, then we might see a Manitoba versus UBC. We might see a Manitoba versus UVic. We'll see maybe a Manitoba versus Alberta rematch. And then we'll see how that goes. But until then, I think even if they finish the season without losing any more games, you keep them in at number eight because you just don't know. Um, but aside from that, I think I think this list is okay. I just not seeing UFT in there just really bothers me. Seeing Carlton number three really bothers me. Queens, I feel sorry uh, for that for that men's program because they've been handling their business right now, and and I think they deserve to be higher. I truly believe they should have been. They should be. At some point this season, the number one team in the nation. I don't know how we haven't seen it up until this point. So we'll see how that season closes out for them. But I feel bad for that program because they're deserving of more recognition. Let's move over to the women's side because there was also a lot of change. All right, here we go. The Queens Gales are the new number one team in the nation on the women's side. Again, they're also the only remaining undefeated team in the nation at 14-0. Regina, my Regina Cougars, number two uh, at 12-2. Saskatchewan, a team that you're very high on, has jumped up to number three. They're 12 and two. The Ottawa GGs have fallen. They lost to TMU. And even though they beat the breaks off of UFT in the next game, that loss dropped them four spots. They're now number four at 14 and one. Carlton is number five at, at number six. We got Winnipeg with a record of 10 and four. At number seven, we have the Alberta Pandas with a record of 11 and three. Number eight, the Acadia Axe women with a record of 10 and three. And number nine, the Bishop's Gators have fallen down after their loss to Concordia. They now have a record of seven and two. And in at number 10, we'd like to welcome Sarah Gates and the McMaster Marauders with a record of 11 and four. Daniel, walk me through your thoughts. 
Oh man, I'm loving this top 10, but I think it's time we take Bishops out the top 10. And it's just because of who they play against. They're losing against teams that are also not ranked. And the we always know like RESEQ basketball is not at the level where the OUA and Canada West are. And if they're losing games already to teams in their conference, what's going to happen when they go up against Queens? They're going to they're going like, to get destroyed. You know what I mean? And there's nothing against Bishop Gators. You know what I mean? But it's just seeing it as how I see it. I think there's a like even you Fraser Valley could even sneak in ahead of Bishop, um, Bishop's Gators. McMaster, welcome them. Saskatchewan Huskies, that's the team that, you know, I said, you know what, this is a powerhouse program in the Canada West on the women's side. And they slowly creeped up the rankings. They were ranked the first week. They went down to ninth. They went off the rankings, stuck back on the rankings, now in top three position. This is a team to watch. They may take down your Regina Cougars. They might just take down your Regina Cougars. You don't know. Ottawa versus Carlton is a big matchup on the women's side that I'm looking forward to. Winnipeg, they did lose a game this weekend, but I think I still think that they are a Canada West contender. Queens being number one is perfect. I think that they deserve that. If the men's aren't going to get first, at least give the women's first. They're undefeated, and that's where they are right now. But I'm honestly looking forward more forward to the women's youth sport final eight than the men's final eight, if I'm being completely honest with you. All right. I think I agree with you when it comes to bishops. The reality is this. They're the only ranked team in the RSEQ. They don't face any ranked opponents. And so we always say it, it's hard to go undefeated, but every time they lose, it's against a team that has no business beating them. It's, it's considered an upset, right? So for them to lose this past weekend to Concordia, a two-win team, before this weekend, they were a one-win team, right? To drop a game like that, it's, a, it's kind of like a huge blemish on their 2022-2023 resume. So I think we're at a point now where we can say, Maybe it's right. It's maybe it's the right time to drop bishops from the top ten. McMaster, great to see them back in the top ten this year. I think McMaster is a team that you and I kind of talked about halfway through November when they were struggling. Their record was around like the five hundred. At one point, they were below five hundred. They had a tough record. They had a tough schedule to start off the season. But you and I both said that we could see them kind of rising above the rest and making themselves stand out um, at some point this season. They've done that right here. Sarah Gates is playing the best basketball of her career. All right. If you ever don't know what to do on a Friday or Saturday night, go watch Sarah Gates play. That's what you need to do. All right. If you can't see her in person, stream it. It's free. Unlike Canada West TV. All right. Free. Unlike Canada West TV. Okay. Uh, But aside from that, Queens, they're the only undefeated team in the nation. You got to put them in at number one. Right. They're taking on all challengers. They got, their, they got their fists up. They're ready to fight. Put them in at number one. Uh, so I, I have no problems with that. Saskatchewan's climbing, and uh, you predicted that. Okay, so so big ups to you for predicting that because I don't think a lot of people predicted that, but they're not a team to sleep on. And, uh, and Ottawa, I don't, know if, uh, I don't know if I agree with Ottawa dropping four spots. I think it's a little bit drastic, to be Very. honest. I think it's a little bit drastic. And then I also don't agree with it when you consider that Ottawa split games this weekend. So they lost to TMU, but they beat the brakes off of UFT. Okay. They dropped four spots. But then you have Carlton, now Carlton men's. They lose both their games and they drop only one spot. Right. So that's where I kind of see, I kind of see that I'm just like, what's really going on behind the scenes here? Like, who's paying who for what? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Who's who's slipping money under the table? You know what I'm saying? Because there's some there's some suspicious going on here with these rankings. 
Uh, but aside from that, I don't really have any problems with this top 10. Uh, Carlton women's, they've been doing their thing. The Winnipeg Westmen, they're going to be in the hunt for a national championship. You know, when March comes, when February, March comes, the Acadia Axe women are doing their thing. The Alberta Pandas, they're doing their thing. I don't have any problems with this. You know, you got the right teams on here. Regina, they've kind of like cleaned up their act. They had a little rough mm-hmm. patch where they lost one game and kind of fell a little bit, but they're cleaning up their act and they're carrying on. Uh, but I, I don't see any issues with this top 10 aside from what I pointed out. I, I think, to be honest, I think both the men's and women's final eight this year is a toss-up, like absolute toss-up. I actually don't know who's going to win what, right? Because there's no we, real favorite. There's no, there's no real favorite. You look at the women's side, you got Queens, you got Regina. You don't, you know, when Winnipeg can sneak in there, Saskatchewan can sneak in there. McMaster yeah, might get hot. In those playoffs, man. Exactly, right? So you don't know. On the men's side, we don't, <laughs> we don't know if Carlton's playing us all right now on the men's side. We don't know if they're fooling us, right? So mm-hmm. Queens, what's Queens going to do? What's Ottawa going to do, right? I, I'm looking at this. What's Victoria going to do? So I, I'm, I'm looking at both of these final eights, and I'm saying it's going to be showtime. Get your popcorn ready because these are going to be must-watch games this year when it comes playoff season. What you got to say, okay. Daniel? Carlton might not even have a home playoff game based on their record. Although they show number three on the U sport list, but when you just take wins, losses, winning percentage in the OUA, like after the next two weeks, when the season's done, after they play Queens, Ottawa twice, they might not have a, they might not host a home game for playoffs and they could be bounced out first round. Something that I don't even think you and I witnessed in our lives. Mm. Wow. Carlton game bounced first round of the playoffs. Never thought I'd be saying that on this podcast. That 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 thought. I never thought I'd be saying that, but it's a reality. Welcome to 2023. Daniel, we're about to close out this episode, but is there anything that you're looking forward to this upcoming weekend? Oh, man, we got Friday, 27th, Queens, Carlton. That's going to be a good, you know, rematch. Carlton won the first matchup. Also, two, I believe on Saturday, you got Windsor men's at U of T men. So another good game for U of T. Like we said, Windsor's a team that they're above 500. They got the best player in Canada, although we haven't really mentioned it much. But, you know, he's still there, still doing his thing. It's going to be a good game for U of T to play against uh, Windsor and Thomas Kennedy. All my eyes right now are on that Queens-Carlton game because the setup is so perfect. Queens has been doing their thing all season. They lost the first game to Carlton. They've been disrespected in the top 10 rankings. People are fighting for this team to get the respect that they deserve. And in comes the defending national champions coming off two back-to-back losses. Back against the wall. They're vulnerable. They dropped only one spot in the top 10. And everyone in this country doubts them. It doesn't get any better than that. That's a setup right there. That's a showtime setup right there. So I'm looking at that game. I'm going to have my my popcorn ready, right? Kick up. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Surround sound. All right? We're going to stream it on the TV. We ain't going to stream it on the laptop. On the TV. On the TV. (laughs) I'm watching all four quarters. I'm all in on Carlton versus Queens this Friday night. If you made it this far, big ups to you. This episode is available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. For all things you sports related, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Persevere underscore and Twitter at Persevere underscore. This is Deshaun Stevens and your boy, Daniel Noel, signing off from another episode of the Ballin' Up podcast. Peace and blessings always.